Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Daily Bad. I'm your host, Taryn Coffey. Bad news today, as if that's different from any other day on my segment. <clears throat> Baby Yoda of the Mandalorian series has come under heavy criticism from Star Wars fans and fans of the Geneva Convention alike. Evidence of the youngling committing acts of genocide against an endangered frog person species have emerged. The child has yet to make a statement on the subject, but we believe his legal guardian, John Favreau, will be representing the child at his upcoming tribunal. In other news, as we head into month eight of our three-week pandemic lockdown, Marvel has just announced the postponement of the highly anticipated WandaVision series, solidifying 2020 as the first year without new Marvel content since 2009. Yes, folks, new cinema is being cucked left and right here, but in this era of bad times, are any of these blue-balled projects even worthy of release? Or are they all as bad as the timeline we live in? Find out when we return. Are we rolling, then? We rolling. We rolling, then. All right, nice. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. We're your hosts, the boys. I'm Taryn. I'm Isaac. And uh, today we're uh, bringing you some uh, 2020 movies. I I had to cheat a little bit because I was trying to find some good 2020 movies, but they all got pushed back. So I had to cheat a bit and uh, <laughs> go back to uh, some Decembers that led into the start of this horrible year. And um, It's the cucked movies of 2020. Everything that wanted to be released in theaters but didn't. And I'd say yours, uh, yours got a good cucking of its own got cucked at the at the oscars in 2020 that's for sure <laughs> i guess so. yeah yeah that's true didn't didn't uh didn't win i mean it got snubbed but all right. get snubbed. Yeah. so what did you review as the the good film of this week yes as your cucked movie uncut gems adam sandler's uh? drama crime thriller drama it's good good stuff probably one of the best adam sandler uncut performances gems. his best performance since jack and jill jack and jill yes <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> the fact that this movie exists is it's just so entertaining in its own right you know the only fucking reason adam sandler made this movie <laughs> was so that on like whatever just like shitty movie him and his friends decide to make next like whatever like, fucking qb halloween he could have stamped on the promotional things like academy award nominee adam sandler <laughs> yes <laughs> and then it'll just cut to him like all head guy <laughs> <laughs> or whatever like, fucking dumbass voice he does is. <laughs> and he can just have Academy you, Award nominee plastered over it. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and so, fucking some Lil Dicky yeah. too, oh, Academy God, Award yeah. winner Adam Sandler. <laughs> just pulls out like his Billy Madison voice. Man. Yeah, I can see it now. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard of the Sandlerverse? The Sandlerverse? No, what? The Sandlerverse? Oh, yeah, after Hubie Halloween, which is a Netflix movie about Halloween Adam Sandler released this year. Yeah. Better than Ridiculous to, Six. The Sandler though, par. Say. It's better than Ridiculous Six. The humor is, um, you, you just tell they had fun with it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, after that came out, he said he wanted to have a Sandlerverse, Sandler-verse. in which all of his characters exist in the same universe. Oh, my God. He's he's pulling the MCU Yeah, he wants to have, like, an MCU-style mashup movie where all the all the Sandlers come together. Oh, my God. He's really... <laughs> yeah, like, everyone's so desperate nowadays. We've got the Tom Clancy universe. DC's trying their best to stay alive. Yeah, everyone's just trying stay to be, alive. be yeah, Marvel. What, is it? what was the shitty one with, like, the, the Dracula movie? Oh, yeah, the, the Dark <laughs> like, Universe of Universal Studios, yeah. The Dark Universe. Oh, my God. Who thought is that was Universal a Studios is doing that? Yeah, yeah, Universal. The dark Universe <laughs> with the Tom Cruise mummy. Yep. <laughs> Which bombed so bad. <laughs> but yes, Ooh. everyone wants it. 
wants yeah. the Marvel action. I'd rather see a Sandler Avengers movie than the, than the <laughs> fucking dark monster verse. Yeah, agreed. You know, yeah, maybe maybe he might do like an Avengers parody or something, or it's all a, just a team up Sandler. Adam team up. Sandler makes a superhero movie starring <laughs> all of his previous characters. Yeah, yeah. They all I'd get watch their the own fuck persona. out of that movie. <laughs> agreed. All right, Adam Sandler, right, make it happen. Work and suck dick. What's the current? What's the current top selling movie? Is it Endgame or is it Infinity War? Uh, I think I think it's Endgame now, which they kind of cheated into being the highest grossest. Yeah, because yes. Disney decided to release it twice. Please help the poor little billion dollar corporation. Yeah, yeah. They 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 advertised it where there was going to be extended scenes at the end, and of course, me as a Marvel fandom Crack person, it. I went to see it, and it was just a deleted scene that was unfinished, terrible green screen, and had no <laughs> impact on the story, and it was really disappointing and that's all they promised me so whatever <laughs> dang i thought it was going to be the thanos scene where ant-man goes in thanos's butt and he just blows him up <laughs> you have a, a weird fascination for that <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it was, that movie would have been over in five minutes if that was the case <laughs> ant-man <laughs> could have killed thanos in one shot he chose not to uh, you know you're yeah you do have a point could have happened but are you sure his, his insides aren't as like they, they've got to be just as like? I actually watched a YouTube video on it because I've done more research than any one man should have. What is it? Is it? <laughs> nah, I forget what his name is. He has the YouTube channel where he breaks down like the the science of fantasy things, like Thor's hammer and whatnot. Mm. He did it on can Ant Man blow up Thanos's butt? And <laughs> looking course. at the like the size. Ant-Man, because it's not about Thanos' butt size, it's about the force at which Ant-Man can increase his size, and apparently in a scene in Ant-Man 2 where he tried to increase, he got like stuck in a in a school classroom, like he couldn't break the walls of that no matter how big he got. Oh, right. And I, I don't know, they did some like absurd amount of math to do it, and they even calculated the, the textile strength of a regular human rectum, <laughs> and apparently he wouldn't even be able to break that, so. Oh, okay. Major disappointments on that front. That, that is disappointing. I mean, yeah, Thanos does have that Titan rectum lining. and his... He's got those Titan cheeks, and Ant-Man <laughs> couldn't even explode our asses if he wanted to. Our little mortal asses. Yep. Who, who knows? I still would have wanted to see him try. If he was a real hero, he would have tried. But why up his ass? Why not, like, his ear or his nose or, you know, a vital function? <laughs> Look, man, I don't write the comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just... I'm just I'm just the fan. We saw what happened when a movie was written by the fans in The Rise of Skywalker. I don't think we need another oh one. God, of those. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, uh, so, uncut but gems. The Sandlerverse. <laughs> the, the Sandlerverse. Uncut gems featuring Adam Sandler. Yes. In what I think is one of his his greatest roles yet. Yeah. Maybe probably his greatest one. Oh yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny when I first saw the trailer too. I couldn't take the trailer seriously just because I saw Adam Sandler in it. I was just like, what, That's what, what kind I of thought movie at first. is this? I thought it was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, come on. I thought it was another meme movie. Yeah, same. I, I thought Safety it was like Adam was like, Sandler trying, you know, he's like trying to be, you know, dramatic actor. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. He does have a pretty good, well, when he wants to, he can be a good actor. Have you seen, have you seen Punch Drunk Love? He was in that one. No, he's really yeah, good that, in that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I need to see that now, now that I've, now that I know his true potential with Uncut Gems, I need to see that. And Spanglish, I think, is also one of his um, more serious roles. Even, like, some of his comedy ones, there's, like, some drama comedies. Like, like uh, Wedding Singer, I really liked. It was more, he was a little more tame yeah, in that. Wedding Singer's good. Yeah, even, even what is it, uh, 
the the daddy movie with Cole Sprouse. I forget what that movie was called, but it was a little. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was a little more tame too. I mean, it had still had the humor, but like it was pretty good. So he can yeah, he can do it. Definitely it. had the. Yeah. He does have range. He has really good range. Which yeah, I guess surprising we'll get into in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's very surprising. So that that kind of blew shock. me away. Yeah, his acting, but. I'm sure we'll get into more into that once we talk more into Uncut Gems. But what about your movie? What did you watch for 2020? Oh, I watched a real... Yeah, we've... Uh... <laughs> 2020's had a lot of horrors. Horror movies, that is. And they were all shit Yeah, as I was looking. <laughs> Browsing lists of, you know, worst 2020 movies and whatnot. It's all like hor- like shitty horror movies. So I was just browsing Netflix since I couldn't... Uh be fucked to actually buy a movie yeah um, browse at netflix and i came across a real a real stinky poo poo is called the last thing he wanted mm. it's filmed by d rees who actually has been majorly successful up to this point her 2011 film like breakout film pariah was great i liked mudbound a lot that was a 2017 mm. one okay both of those great movies are like character dramas and then she comes out with the last thing he wanted which is about like the 1980s Iran-Contra affair, which is, you know, like some CIA spook supplying arms to terrorists and whatnot, classic CIA oh, right, shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. It's just about like a reporter getting wrapped up in that. It starred Anne Hathaway. It had Ben Affleck in it. Willem Dafoe, Rosie Perez. It was oh, like a Willem star-studded Dafoe, cast. Lord and Savior. Yeah, Lord and Savior of the Lighthouse, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. With Dee Rees helming it after she's just been majorly successful, big breakout director throughout the 2010s. Everyone, you know, it's obvious these big stars wanted to work on her latest movie, especially a sick political thriller like this. And it just fell flat on its face. This movie was fucking all over the place. Yeah. His ass. Hmm. Yeah. But all right. Shall we do the old the old coin flip? Yeah, so, let's Shall we do, do a callback to our... Yes, let's bring in Anton. To our dead Western genre? Yes. <laughs> Very well. Let's do call it. it. Let's call it. I'll uh, call tales this time. Tales. You think you still think about that Thanos thing? Aren't <laughs> yeah, you? keeping it more think on about the. That, uh... <laughs> think about that Thanos tail. <laughs> yeah, my friend, I've been there the past <laughs> the past many years. I've been there. We'll talk later. And it's tales. All right. Okay. Uncut gems. All Speaking right, of yeah. Infinity so, Stones, uncut gems. Uncut. Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of Disney and uh, child slave labor, <laughs> the people who mine the stone in Uncut Gems. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Uncut Gems, yes. So, yes. Uh, spoiler warnings, too. Uh, we haven't been too good with uh, the spoiler warnings these past couple episodes. Yeah. But, yes, spoiler warnings from here on out. Definitely go watch Uncut Gems before this. Yeah. Before you finish this. Yeah, yeah, do it. It's a great movie. Do that. Um, I could yeah, it's honestly spoil too. the entire premise of this movie and... It still wouldn't make any fucking sense, so don't worry about the bad, <laughs> yeah, but true. go watch Uncut Gems. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's so frantic and hectic. But uh, but yeah, so it stars Adam Sandler as this uh, jewelry <clears throat> jewelry owner in New York. It's like the Diamond District. He's got a little shop there. Uh, he's also in debt, too, to some of these loan sharks that keep harassing him the, uh, the entire movie. Um, he's got marriage problems. He's in between his wife and this employee of his and um and he's trying to uh <laughs> he's trying to pay back his debts but every time he gets money he tries to go like gain even more or so and he like keeps gambling keeps put, and investing his money that he should give to those loan sharks but doesn't and he just keeps digging himself a hole 
He finally gets a um, a really expensive jewel from one of the Ethiopian mines, um, the opal mineral or some, something like that. Yeah, it's very enchanting, very, very expensive. He has a run-in with uh, a, a Celtics player. I think it's, uh, oh yeah, Kevin Garnett. So he meets Kevin Garnett. Um, they go in to appraise this uh, mineral and... Um, and uh, he, he wants to keep it for his game. He thinks it's going to bring him good luck. So there's a little mysticism behind this opal mineral. And uh, as collateral, he gives his game-winning uh, ring to Adam Sandler's character and uh, kind of runs off with it. And Adam kind of loses that mineral for a while. He's trying to get it back, trying to get his money. He's just, he's, he just keeps making horrible decisions throughout the entire movie. It's so, so, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of the stress stress-induced uh movie that we that we get so that's a little bit of the plot and he just yeah keeps keeps digging himself a hole um but yeah this movie yeah it's uh directed by the the safety brothers what, what was that uh robert pattinson movie that they good time with robert oh, pattinson time. that was good a real time. good one yeah i haven't seen that one um but i guess their style is it's more very that, similar yeah frantic anxiety induced kind of big big yeah, forward very, momentum very tight shots a lot of handheld. It's very. Uh, they film. What is that? I don't want to say like specifically on location, but they film. They they'll just film in like crowded areas, and they just yeah. make it feel very. There's a lot of motion in their movies. A lot of motion on screen. There is sort yeah, of a lot of forward the, movement. The ambiance. Yeah, it's it. Uh, yeah, I I don't want to like put it as like documentary style, but it's very similar to that where it's like kind of real. There's that realism to it. It's kind of realistic. It's kind of like real time. Um, a lot of the dialogue is a very, very, yeah, real, very realistic, realistic dialogue. They're kind of like overlapping each other. There's kind of this big dynamic the whole movie of like all these, um, just all the all the dialogue that you see. It's just like it just feels like it's real time and just really well well written. It's very fluid. Very yeah. It's just it just feels like real life. Like this is an actual dude. And what kind of helps too is that you do have like some of those cameos of you know the Celtics performer or Celtics. <laughs> Not performer, Celtics athlete, uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. He plays himself in this, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays himself. He's yeah, just, he's, just he's that, literally yeah, just, just Kevin Garnett in the movie. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And he does a pretty good job. Yeah, he does. He's a basketball he's player realistic. in a movie. Yeah, it's it's he's just great. Very convincing as like, yeah, superstitious player like obsessed with this gem. Yeah, he, it just makes him play better. Whenever he has it, he just washes the enemy team. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah, and that kind of also digs a hole with Adam Sandler. He's like, "Oh, great! I I know when you know, he he has my rock, so he's gonna win the next couple of rounds. So he keeps like gambling, keeps." Yeah, and now he's gambling off that. Well, who else was the big celebrity? Oh, the weekend. Oh, the, the weekend. Weekend himself. The weekend's in it. Yes. Horny as ever. The weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's which which uh, there's kind of a guy. missed opportunity. They don't play blinding lights, which I feel like is perfect for this movie but he never he never sings it it's true i think it came out the song around the same time as the movie though so they probably uh, had the movie done before he came out the song oh before oh yeah that's true yeah but yeah it is just like a perfect <laughs> song for this movie just tell adam sandler's like just blinded by his own greed yeah exactly blinded by the lights and and with yeah, all the he's on his own and stuff the very few cg that is in the movie oh, i don't even know of it it is CG, but just the like mysticism behind the rock. Yeah, it's kind of that the universal on it for so cosmic um, galaxy yeah, imagery. It's got the same like synthwave soundtrack going whenever 
we're focusing on the, the yeah, it's opal very itself, 80s, and it's all yeah. very very cosmic. 80s synth, yeah. It's it's uh, it has has a lot of that imagery to it, and um, it's kind of interesting. It's like I. <laughs> Yeah, with the themes of this movie, I just feel like there's this big cosmic universe and our lives are, I don't know if it's like a humbling existential type movie where it's like out of the vastness of this universe, a Jewish guy just running this jewelry shop and he's kind of in the midst of this vast universe and I I guess his life is a little (laughs) insignificant in a way. He's just he's just struggling. He's just grinding, trying to claw his way up. Yeah, struggling through life. Yeah. So it's a very humbling theme, I suppose, and uh, yeah, it's just a yeah, it's a very very well done movie. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. They really know how to they really know how to make movies. It's good stuff. Um, and I think Adam Sandler too. He was approached, I think, back in like I don't know, two thousand nine for this film. So this this script has been really? kind of floating around for a while, and they approached Adam Sandler. I think his agent just turned him away. And I don't think he had the opportunity to to um, read it. So, and then all these years later, he's like, "Oh shoot, yeah, we should." <laughs> you know, he agreed to it. Finally, got his hands on the script. And <laughs> his agent was like, "Nah, nah, this isn't uh, <laughs> this isn't really the Sandman vibe." Yeah, here. yeah, it really is. This ain't Waterboy or whatever. This ain't Waterboy. <laughs> the fuck was Adam Sandler working on in two thousand seven or nine, whenever this was? <laughs> fucking blended or some shit yeah something like yeah <laughs> and they're, yeah, yeah they like got like uncut gems they're trying to bring to him yeah but but uh, yeah adam sandler really works in this role too he's kind of a, a mix of because it's kind of a it's a great contrast to kind of the grim dark reality of his situation he's almost cartoonish in this. yeah he's a little cartoonish and yeah his humor works it kind of balances out you know the dark dark it, 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 it's really just a dark comedy almost dark humor not not really kind dark comedy, like a, but like it's a dark. It's like a dark comedy thriller. Yeah. There are funny moments. Just it's like the kind of funny that you're you're like laughing, but you're also just covering your eyes because you're like, please, yeah. <laughs> stop making these choices. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of crying on the inside. <laughs> just end it. With all this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very it's a very stressful comedy. Yeah, it really is. And then by the end, when he kind of gets backstabbed, well, yeah. There's there's a great moment where he. Or this character, he he's able to confine all of you know his he's able to confine all his problems into that you know that little hallway area, glass plexiglass area, where he's got the loan sharks contained, and you think he's got a handle on life. Everything's working out so great, and then when he finally oh, releases yeah. him, the ambition of one of the loan sharks who betrays his other loan shark members kills them all, and then kills Adam Sandler. Oh, man, it's just, yeah, everything just catches up to him. This ambition and greed just catches up. That was a big up old twist. That was a crazy ending. Twist, and, and it's almost a relief in a way. A great weight just lifts at that moment. I was just in awe when I first saw that. You know, I was like, oh, and, and it was kind of a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, man, and then he's just, you know, then it goes back to the cosmic vastness of the universe, you know, in his eye, or, you know, yeah, when the camera in on the pans hole in his head. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, back to it's the just kind of, cosmicness. it's kind of like uh, life goes on, you know, life just keeps he's moving. He's got that opal on his mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was certainly a well-built to climax, just you know, he's got all the money on the line. He's got, you know, they're literally on his doorstep, the loan sharks. And they've, this is like the last time they're coming by. It's, you can literally see the countdown going on. Um, he's literally got his life held together by a screwdriver in the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> so built up to 
especially because he's just been putting this off for the entire movie. Right. It should have ended like you know, should have ended the movie like an hour and long, a half. Should have ended like long ago because he forty five I mean, minutes ago. He, he had the money for him. He just kept digging himself a hole. He wanted he just, to invest more. He wanted, he wanted to, more. Just that greed and ambition of of humanity, and it's it sucks. And 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 this whole movie too. It's it's dark. You know, there's there's a lot of it's it's a little more of a dark saturation i guess is is what I, like the the imagery like it's very there's this faint glow of kind of like the you know there's a saturation glow that you kind of see throughout the movie that you know it's kind of it is it's a little yeah. opal I imagery was like seeing it through his eyes like he's just living in this this like fantasy yeah, world euphoria you know this yeah, shit. exactly and the colors they do change like whenever he's because he goes through a lot of highs and lows in this movie, yeah. especially when he's watching the games that he's bet on. Yeah, it's a little and more of a brightly like saturation. That. Things are glowing. He's like, yeah, it's bright like that. Or when they're trying to, um, what was it when Kevin Garnett he goes to the auction for the opal to actually buy it? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler, he's got like his uncle or something counter betting <laughs> to like gouge the price up. Right. The imagery after that is very dull. It's like just like white room. It's like some corporate building lit by sunlight. It's very goes back to very neutral colors at that point during his lows. Yeah. And as also again with the weekend after that, it's very dimly lit. Yeah, very right. Yeah, when he the catches scene after his, the weekend has you know, his, yeah, when he catches her kind of start, yeah, when he starting with girl. This, the weekend or whatever. Uh, who wouldn't? I would. Ah, <laughs> oh, the weekend. Yes. The weekend. Yes. But yeah, when she's in Vegas, like making the crazy bets and the basketball games going on, and Garnett's just yeah, killing it's just it, lightly and, colored, yeah, the and then... colors just go all out. Yeah, when he's on his big high right before the end of the movie, he's like, he finally won. <laughs> yeah, and then my boy bam. copped a W. <laughs> he needed it so bad, and then yep, just boom, ends just right over. there. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. It's yeah. You, you've, it's it's almost like this entire movie. You've been on that euphoria kick of like, oh my gosh, it, you know. <laughs> things are moving so fast everything's sped up and everything's just frantic and then finally bam the audience has hit a low point too at that at the and end it and you're just like oh okay screeching halt yeah or i just yeah i think at that moment too i just like <laughs> was kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time in the theater and then and then when at the ending i'm just kind of like <laughs> like laid back just right after it was like oh damn okay <laughs> it's, i was like that just happened Dude, this movie gave me heart issues it really I like, did. I flatlined a couple times. I had a couple seizures, but it was it it was all it all ended <laughs> at the at the end. Yep, there it is. End of the movie. I'm just sitting there, uh, sitting there in the theater on what is now a lethal dose of opioids to try yeah. and relax myself after that film. Yep, <laughs> shit's just wild. Yeah, trying to monitor my heart rate, trying to prevent aneurysms. Yeah, that movie gave me an ulcer, but in a good way, and I think that's in part. Not just because of the script and, you know, the great dialogue and Sam's performance, like you said, but also just like the way the Safdie brothers shot it. Like you were talking about, very tight angles, always yeah, in motion. Tight. Yeah, It's very, yeah, They're it's handheld. almost claustrophobic great with handheld. sometimes too, you know. It is claustrophobic, And it's just yeah. like, oh, and there's just adds to that anxiety and intensity and you're like, oh, geez, this guy cannot yeah, figure himself and out. Like, and you're just like, oh my God. closing in on him. Yeah, you're... you're you know, you're the whole movie. You're like, no, do this. Like, oh my god, this could have been resolved way better. You know, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just constantly, yeah. It's just, it's frantic. <laughs> it's just that's kind of the power of of you know the Safties um, artistry. They're they're just really genius in that in that sense and what they're trying to accomplish. They're good. And their and I think that goes to it's amazing. 
to all their movies, how their their cinematic language sort of speaks to the and they their movies have a lot of similar themes about just sort of like in over your head ambition and yeah and stupid choices. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they only they cover that most of the time, but when they do it, they do a great job of it. Let's put just with their camera work and their style, yeah. it really works with this sort of like thriller drama genre. It really does. Yeah, they should have made the movie I watched. It would have been way better. Probably. Yeah. Because I yeah that Cold War. That's also some high tensions and franticness too. So Cold the Safety Brothers could have definitely soared with that movie. I feel like, but yeah, Uncut Gems, really, really well done. And yeah, it's unfortunate that it didn't really receive as much high honors as it should have. Yeah, I think this is A24's highest grossing film film too. It's like one of its most successful. Wow. So, yeah, good on A24. I think it should have been that's, The Lighthouse, but. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lighthouse. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the Lighthouse came out. Yeah, that is a close tie. No, you're They're both right. 2019 films, though. Uncut Gems was great. Way more popular. I had the Sandman in it. I just have developed an almost sexual <laughs> obsession with the Lighthouse. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love it yes. so much. Yes. Uh, it's it's just yeah. Lighthouse is amazing as well. So I, you know it all. Uncut Gems can step aside for that movie. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I guess I am yeah, cheating a little bit just because I couldn't find any good 2020 cucked movies. Because <laughs> I, I, I saw this in January, so it was like one of my 2020 movies, I guess. Yeah, so I had to cheat you. a little it was, bit. It was snubbed at the Oscars in 2020, so I count it. I count it as a cucked 2020 film. That's a good way of looking at it. So there you have it, folks. Go, go watch Uncut Gems. I believe it's on Netflix right now. Probably one of Adam Sandler's best performances, and you will be on the edge of your seat and the, other the entire performances time. Performances <laughs> were, yeah. were great too. The other ones, like well, who was it? Adina oh, Menzel yeah. was in yeah, it. Yeah, Adina Menzel. Yeah, yeah, she was really good too. Was like I was, it was surprising to see her. It was an interesting choice to bring her on, um, and ca- she did great. <laughs> the cast for this whole movie is very surprising. Yeah, it's like very a weird. Broadway yeah. star yeah. and Adam Sandler oh, yeah. and, and <laughs> starring there's... in a crime thriller. Yeah. Um, there's also that one, the, his, his girlfriend, uh, I think it's Julia Fox. Yeah. This was her first film, which is surprising. She seems really seasoned. Like she's, she's very, she's got a bright future ahead of her. So yeah, she was, she's really good. Super comfortable. And it felt like she was, uh, yeah, definitely felt like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she had to do a lot of, yeah, yeah. It was a huge breakout role. And I mean, she had to do a lot of, you know, she really had to put herself out there in some of those scenes and whatnot and. Yeah, a lot of uncomfortability in that, but she she pulled it off really, really comfortably, I guess. So that's that's really yeah, good that's on good. her. Great range on her, especially because her character is just like all over the place and like yeah. back and forth with. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to track her. Yeah. Her character's name is. Yeah, exactly. But she kind of kept it, you know, grounded, and yeah, she did great. I mean, if I had a makeout scene with the weekend in a movie, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> Career lost. ender right there. Uh, true, true. Yeah, it's just I, on I camera, like, bro. After that. <laughs> supposed to supposed to be a fake hand job. <laughs> I'm engaged to a woman, everybody. <laughs> I'm engaged. <laughs> Porsche's gonna listen to this. Oh man. Uh, oh, good luck with that. my freebie. <laughs> good luck with that. Hope she doesn't hear this. Hope she doesn't tune into this one. But uh, yes. Oh, but yeah, she was great in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. And yeah, even even the people who were playing themselves, you know, it's like it just was realistic all around it's just a, yeah, it's Kevin a Garnett film probably man. surprised me the most yeah re- really yeah I mean he's just an athlete and he played it off perfectly I know f- fuck all about basketball so I thought he was an actor 
<laughs> same. <laughs> same. I had to. Yeah, I had to see if it was real or not. If he really was like a ba- an actual basketball player, and he was. So that's yeah. My little libtard ass. What the fuck do I know about basketball? Liberal arts over here. <laughs> and then I saw I in the credits, <laughs> Kevin Garnett as himself. I was like, what? Exactly. Me as a musical theater major, I I have no idea what who any athletes are. So it was really cool. It was great to see. Oh, yeah. who else he was, was great. It? Uh, Adam Sandler uh, fist fighting the weekend wasn't what I thought I needed in 2019, <laughs> it was, but it's just so cool. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a casting you never expect. You never expect these people to come together and yeah, pull I off did, this film. This is so the awesome. most out of fucking left field casting for a movie. <laughs> yeah, and it just all came together perfectly. It was a great movie. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, I I'll be honest too. I I mean I yeah I really like this movie, but after seeing it twice, I don't feel the need to really watch it again, you know? No? Like, I had a, gr- I had a great time with it, and I kind of want to just, like, keep it that way and, you know, not over, over like, watch it and stuff. So, but but I really, really enjoyed it, and, yeah, I mean, it, you, you still kind of feel a little bit bad about <laughs> it, just, just the events and what happened, and it's kind of a commentary about how life is, that, that greed, that ambition of, of people and whatnot, and it's not a very good feeling that you, you know, leave with this movie, but uh, but it's still it's just a dark really well ending. done. It's a very dark ending, yeah, but also kind of a hopeful optimism at the beginning of, like, we are only part of the great wonders of this universe kind of thing and it's it's a little it's a little peaceful in that too it's like we're 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 one puzzle piece in this vast infinite universe in this vast working even though it might I seem no insignificant at the end of that movie you know, no. it's kind of it's kind of nice it's a little comforting at the end slightly but yeah i felt no comfort the fuck were you on when you saw this movie <laughs> i walked out of there with an ulcer <laughs> i felt comforting at the end i didn't feel comforting the entire movie but just at the end a great relief i guess i don't know Bro, I was scared to go gamble for like <laughs> a month after this movie. I was like, "Fuck! What if I get shot? What if I? Yeah, what if some loan sharks are after me? Yeah, true. Fucking loan shark, fucking Blackhawk casino goons gonna get me. Yeah, this is a great movie of uh, what not to do and how not to act. So this is a perfect movie of what not to ever do with your life. Ever do with your yes. If you're ever do not confused, ever get this low ever. Do not but, ever yeah. become this man. <laughs> Do not become Adam Sandler. I mean, this character. Uh, <laughs> we'll see in the Sandler verse. There are plenty of Sandler characters you want to be, and plenty this you is don't. not one of them. <laughs> but yes, yes, this is this is one that you definitely want to stay away from. But yeah, great yeah. movie. Um, yeah, after seeing twice, I feel like it can kind of rest this movie and kind of move on with my life. I guess. Sorry, that kind of sounded like it was a bad movie. It really wasn't. I just. It's just so well done <laughs> that I just want to just keep that memory of me enjoying it alive. I don't want to overdo it. So It's not one of those high art pieces you got to watch like eight times to understand. Yeah, to under- which, which I'm sure you could do that with this movie. You could probably really dive into it and see like, if you can. You could get pretty yeah, yeah. in-depth. Whereas the lighthouse, I I can watch the lighthouse over and over again. You know, I can, I, there's so much to unpack with the lighthouse that you have to keep watching it almost every year. You got to watch it, but (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. Uncut gems is a good one that you, it's artistic, but you can get the gist of it. And I think you could get basically the full experience on, on one viewing. Yeah. But there is more to unpack if you would like to go back from. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like a film, a very stressful movie. Yeah. If if you're if you're like into storytelling, you're you're major film buff. Like you'll like to probably watch this 
for more than one setting, but really like yeah, watch more of a casual viewer. I, I think one one or two settings of this movie is perfect and I can move on to other stories. Casual. A casual viewer, as any movie podcaster should be. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> We're not we got frauds. A theater boy here. We are, we are not Get frauds here. <laughs> we got a theater boy. He's a, he's a little stage junkie. <laughs> Sick him. Beat him with the boom. God damn it. <laughs> no, we we are we are not frauds. We know what we're talking about here on the the good, the bad, and the boy podcast. We we understand all aspects of film. We are not frauds. Cinema, Cinema is my life. Is our middle name. So you well, now that we've lost any and all chance of a sponsorship, uh, what would you rate this movie out of ten? <laughs> out of ten, uh, yeah, I'd give it a solid. Uh, if it wasn't so anxiety-induced, and since I had a couple aneurysms watching this movie, I would I would probably give it a good like eight out of ten for me, like eight point five out of ten. Good eight out of ten. Uh, wonderful artistry. Wonderful. I I understand what it's trying to go for, but man, is this this is a little too fast-paced for me, and I. And it feels a little dirty when I watch it too. But yes, it, but it is dirty. a high, highly rated movie. Very good. Everyone should at least watch it once. So there you go. I agree. Everyone should watch it once. And the 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 dirtiness and anxiety is intentional. Yes. In the film, it is. It, Spoiler it is. alert. Yes. Heads spoilers. Up. That's that's the idea of it. So the dirtiness of greed. This is not a this is not a watch on sativa film. No. This is an indica vibe. All right, nice. Eight out of ten. I'd I'd agree with that. I, yeah, eight eight nine out of ten for for yeah, great movie. Yeah, good good stuff. Eight twenty four is they've just been putting out bangers. They really have. Yeah, good good uh, well in depth movies so far, and I'm excited for their future projects. And I hope they keep that mindset, that business mindset. They don't become That's commercialized. Right. I would or also anything. like to see Adam Sandler in more of these. Yeah, agreed. That, you know, he, he really his showed his chops some more. Yeah. But I think he might. I don't know. I feel like he might retire. Yeah, he might. And but I feel like that's a perfect age now that he's getting older. Like this, these are the type of roles that he should be taking now. Now, now that he's seasoned, like yeah, he's he's kind of at that existential point in his life. I feel like he could really bring a lot of those that good performance <laughs> out. <laughs> so I feel like he does this like once every fucking 10 years he just makes a great movie to remind everyone who thinks he's a shitty actor yeah. <laughs> that he's actually good so he can keep making all the meme shit that he wants and yeah. just keep getting funding for it. Legit. Yeah. He's just ripping the bong with <laughs> with David Spade and Tim Meadows. He's like, "Oh, hold up guys. They're giving me shit on Twitter again. Let me go." <laughs> Let me go make a good one real quick. And then me, we can call my agent. Then we fashion. can get back to Jack and Jill too. Jack and Jill too. That is that's probably what's going on in the Sandler household. Yeah, lots of fun. I think <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> there's a there's a lot to unpack with Adam Sandler's filmography career. <laughs> yeah, really. This is all over the place. Maybe they'll go in depth with the Sandler verse. So who knows? I watch a Sandler documentary, or more importantly. Infinity Sandler. Infinity Sandler. Oh my gosh, he's gonna be like, oh man, that's that's gonna be interesting. He's gonna be like acting with himself and five other characters of his. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. A bunch of Adam Sandler <laughs> Who do you clones think the out Thanos there. Thanos of the Sandler verse would the be Thanos of the Sandler. I don't know. Oh, you know, probably probably the lead up into you know, I'm thinking like Billy Madison's like on some weird Infinity Stone kick. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> 
What would be a good... I think it's going to be Paul Blart. Paul Blart. <laughs> or the alligator from Happy Gilmore. That's yeah. going to be the final boss. They just got like some infinity glove on. Oh, hell yeah. All right. I see that. Wait, is Paul Blart an Adam Sandler film? No, but like half of Kevin James' career consists of him being oh, in Adam yeah, Sandler pretty movies. Much. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always with Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. So th- this is even more expansive. So he could even bring in like, I don't know, David Spade. And, oh, yeah. And, all the regulars. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin and all that. Yeah, all the regular. They're all interconnected in this one giant Sandler verse. I, I, I see. I see. Oh, now. yeah. This is... Tim Meadows in there. Oh, His shoot. His wife's in like every movie. Yeah, Steve She'll Buscemi, be in it. too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Oh my God! This this I'm universe so is way excited. more vast than I thought. Oh man! Okay, my mind is blown. Oh. All right, I'm ready. I think I'm ready for this. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Oh man! I'm, okay, some, this is gonna be great. We gotta start hyping this up on the with our with our expansive platform as the good, the bad, and the boys, and the significant influence that we hold over the film community as a whole. <laughs> I think we should help them make it happen. I think so. I think you're right, Sandler. If you're listening to what to this, uh, contact us. We'll we'll get you. We'll know. get you ramped up. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. I'll be in my trailer. Yes. So that is that is the. Gems Any other, are there other insights on uncut gems? <laughs> uh, I uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think that'll do it. It's quite a gem of 2020. Uh, that was but uh, quite the gem. Quite the uncut gem yes quite so i guess we can transition into the murky horridness right on covid infested movie of yours (laughs) ah yes i i don't we didn't coordinate our (laughs) our picks we just decided on like cuck 2020 movies but i somehow also ended up with a thriller hey there we go i suppose it's a thriller a happy accident uh there are no mistakes only happy accidents (laughs) although that's not true because this whole fucking movie was a mistake so the last thing he wanted premiered at uh premiered at Sundance in January mm. to dog shit reviews. <laughs> Everyone was like, "What the fuck?" And again, it was by it was by Deandra Rees, D. Rees. She's an American screenwriter and director. Her breakout film, Pariah, 2011, is about a young mm. black woman sort of like embracing her sexuality as a lesbian. It was a oh, great okay. character piece. That was like her. That was her big film. That one won. It won her cinematography awards. It won her awards at basically every black movie award you could win. Nice. She won okay. stuff, best original screenplay, um, best actress for her lead, best director for her. It was a runner-up for best picture of 2011. Oh, wow. This really put her on the market. Yeah, and then put her, on her the, next yeah, big her one. Pedestal. Nice boost to her career. That's good. Yeah, it was great. It was, um, And then in 2017, she released Mudbound, which was another big hit of hers she had a few others in between then that weren't as notable as these two but they all had good critical reception they were all very well reviewed they just weren't like blockbusters which even these aren't intended to be most of her best works from what i could see of her were um like intimate character pieces uh in mudbound she got into it's not exactly a period piece it's a historical drama it takes place right after world war ii it's two world war ii soldiers one white one black coming home to like rural Missouri and just sort of dealing with the trauma that they experienced in war and like just the racism of that area and the time. Oh, yeah. And that was also a great movie. Yeah. yeah and I think great. her best work is done with these, uh, these very interpersonal character driven, not humanitarian, but pieces focusing on human rights issues. Like in Pariah, a woman, you know, struggling with acceptance for sexuality and mudbound Two war heroes. One of them still 
you know, suffering the ill effects of PTSD as well as racism in his own town, despite being a war hero. Mm. So I think a political drama about the war crime, U.S. backed war crimes by Contras in Nicaragua would be a great fit for her. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like she kind of knows how to do this, yeah, I think, this type of heavy, you know, political drama Yeah, lots stuff. of heavy themes and lots of character-driven stories. I think this one would have been her greatest challenge because just because it had the greatest scope out of them all since it yeah, did it's deal. Yeah, It is a little more large with a pretty scale, big, yeah. Yeah, with the Iran-Contra affairs. Yeah, yeah, a little Cold larger War, than Nicaragua like some, and all like some the, individual character. It was a challenge, but with her track record, I think, Hey, I feel like it, great. she really could pull it off, yeah. And so did all the stars of the movie who also thought it would be a good fit for them. We got Anne Hathaway. We got Ben Affleck. We got Rosie Perez. We got Willem Dafoe, co-star of my favorite movie, The Lighthouse. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, these, I mean, that's a great looking cast. Wrong? It's so good, yeah. Yeah, and that's what everyone at Sundance thought when they walked into the theater. And it was also... The movie, The Last Thing He Wanted, is based on a book by Joanne, I'm going to botch this name, Joanne Didion. I don't know. She related a lot. She wrote a lot during like the, from like the 60s through the 70s and that sort of like late 20th century about like counterculture in the United States and stuff like that. So she wrote the book, The Last Thing He Wanted. And a lot of her, the, her writing style, Joanne Didion's was, uh, oh, fuck, I hope I pronounce that name right. Her writing style isn't I don't want to say quite surrealist, but uh, it is very um, not psychedelic, but like a, a step down <laughs> from those. Uh, oh, okay. Especially the last thing he wanted. I was reading a lot about this and the way it's the perspective, how the story is told, is through like a narrator, uh, so sort of like an omnipresent viewpoint telling the story. Uh, but throughout the story, the narrator regularly and intentionally like contradicts themselves, which serves the theme of. Uh, misinformation that was often pervasive in the 80s about CIA operations and just the things that were going on during the time and all the humanitarian issues that were taking place in Nicaragua at the time with the Contras and all that. Hmm. And I think this movie as a concept as well would have been so good for yeah. 2020, especially yeah, in this agreed. age of of misinformation and everyone questioning everything and yeah media in the can't book be it's like even the stuff, yeah yeah you can't trust shit and even the book even the most simplest stated facts are often um completely thrown off their feet by the end mm. of the book and so you can't really trust anything anyone says not even the narrator and you could see how That's... that could have been put to film very successfully especially within a director like this yeah, so yeah it was agreed. cool as fuck concept the book was very it was pretty well received. The book had, you know, an average positive rating like seventy to eighty percent. Uh her, her stuff were her works were very uh very uh very igniting, I would say. They they certainly mm. got reactions out of people. Yeah. And they've aged very well, just uh and how relevant they are and her writing style is good. So great great concept. And also the Iran Contra affairs, the subject matter of both the book and the film, are very interesting to read about, very in depth, detailed a lot of fucked up stuff going on. From, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not the, a big uh, history buff. I'm not really sure what that conflict is exactly, but uh... oh, I can go into detail. Go into a fun little, fun little history lesson. Yeah, please. please I say enjoy, fun, but it's us. actually about like flagrant human rights violations in Central America, backed by the CIA. But well, fun history lesson. Here we go. So the, <laughs> the Iran Contra affairs, Nicaragua in the 70s. It was the what was it? What was it? What was it the Solozaro? Solazaro regime, 
It was like a family regime in Nicaragua had been going on like 40 plus years, basically like a oppressive monarchy, more or less, was overthrown by some left wing rebels known as the Sandinistas. And they sort of established their own more left wing socialist form of government in Nicaragua. And they tried to successfully employ it with with everyone else I was reading. They had some more centrist members of the revolution who helped overthrow the Solazero regime. They tried to put them in like the parliament and stuff, but those more uh, right wing and and centralist members eventually like just quit. (laughs) They just dipped and they went to like El Salvador and Cuba and Florida and stuff. And you know, you boys, (laughs) the old USA, the old 20th century USA, (laughs) they're like, fuck no. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you know, big it's the Cold War for a reason. There's a lot of proxy wars fought between capitalism and socialism and all that. U.S. and Russia both had their dicks in every pie trying to, you know, forward their own agendas one way or another. So in, in 1980, or 80, I believe it was 1980, Jimmy Carter oh, yeah. signed uh, a thing backing, or I guess supporting, intelligence for what would become the Contras, Contra leaders. And so think of the Sandinistas as like the left wings uh, revolutionaries who have the established government in Nicaragua by this time. And the Contras as like the right wing counter revolutionaries run by like former National Guard members of the former Nicaraguan government, as well as the centrist leaders who resigned from the parliament of the Sandinistas government hmm. and all that. I got way too in depth with this <laughs> after I watched this movie. <laughs> Oh, that's all good, yeah. So I guess I'll I'll sum it up quick. Shenanigans ensue. Reagan signs a lot of secret deals allowing the U.S. to like train Contra forces and send the Contras weapons and put like mines and stuff in ports outside Nicaragua until the lefties go bye-bye. Oof. Lots of human rights violations are committed on both sides of the war, but all the Contras violations are like censored and covered up by the U.S. as are U.S. Mm. dealings with Contra forces. They're trying to distance themselves from that. So there's a lot of secret deals and uh, it was up to like reporters and stuff to try and like get into Nicaragua and see what was going on for real and report on the actual news, not the fake news. You can see where a very, very, very interesting story premise comes from just about, you know, corruption and secrets and Cold War. I love Cold War stuff. Cold War history. kind of challenges, yeah, not, not just, you know, the Nicaragua government but also our own too so that's kind of interesting a cold war political thriller drama about misinformation directed by d Rees and starring anne hathaway is just the match made in heaven Mm -hmm. and while the premise i suppose the the plot of which the the true story of which this is based off of is very in-depth and very there's a lot of twists and turns and stuff it's not super hard to wrap your head around like i learned all this stuff reading a fucking like article over the course of 30 minutes mm-hmm. um, and I think for a movie to simplify that down and for D. Rees especially to focus on maybe some more of the character driven aspects of it wouldn't have been hard and would have made for a great movie unfortunately none of that happened <laughs> oh man this movie the biggest gripes about this movie were it's cl- absolute clusterfuck plot and I say the whole last five minutes I spent over explaining mm. this whole like Nicaraguan revolution counter revolution thing is in depth enough on its own <laughs> yeah and very yeah, it's a lot yeah. it's expansive enough on its own they basically have a, a stranger than true story to go off of and just sort of get some grounded characters in and there you go you got a hit it just goes all over the place 
The book Oof. is the premise of the book. I'll read it as as listed on Netflix. A journalist stops her coverage of the 1984 U.S. presidential election, that's Reagan's re-election, to care for her dying father. In the process, she inherits his position as an arms dealer for Central America and learns of the Irani, Iran-Contra affair. It becomes wrapped up in the story she's trying to break. Hmm. So it's it's a fine it's a fine premise. Yeah. Uh, the book I think it goes off the book a little more, which leaned into the journalist being Anne Hathaway, who works at a a fake news. Not a, I don't mean fake news as in <laughs> fake news. I mean like a, as a, at a fictional magazine. Oh, gotcha. Trying to break this story. She spent time on the ground in like El Salvador during that thing, and she was in Nicaragua. And she got kicked out by like Nicaraguan military and other other forces, just everyone fighting. She eventually had to go back to the States, but she's still trying to break the story. She thinks there's some shady shit going on in Nicaragua. She had been finding bullets. She had contacts on the inside of the U.S. military who confirmed that they were made in Missouri. Mm. So I think a story just about the reporter trying to break this is compelling enough. The book also had a plot point of her father, who was played by Willem Dafoe in this. She uh, <laughs> nice. He's an estranged man from her, and she sort of inherits his his deal. He said he had a big deal going on. He's a gun runner, and she doesn't like him, but she takes the job because he's, he's beginning to suffer from dementia. He has an ailing body, and so she's like, fuck it, I'll take his arms deal. He uses it as an excuse to get into Central America, and then I'll get on the ground in Nicaragua and see what's actually going on where these guns are coming from, how are Contra forces being supplied, what is the truth of the Sandinistas, all that, which is fine enough as it is. Willem Dafoe, he, it's not a lighthouse performance from Willem. Yeah. That's for sure. But not, it's, yeah, it's good. Entirely, you know, he's, yeah. was the material, even in shit like Aquaman, even in shit like Aquaman where he's not trying, it's still yeah. entertaining. It was oh, better okay. than, he was better than he was in Aquaman. Okay. He got to have a little more fun with this one. Willem Dafoe, early stage dementia patient, <laughs> memeing around. <laughs> Yeah, so that was pretty good. I'd say the best performance by far is Hathaway's in this movie, and I don't think it's even Anne Hathaway's best performance. Yeah. But she tries her best with what she's given. I -hmm. think the script, as it calls for, is someone a little older that maybe could have been in this role because the way she's written is as like this this hard-boiled seasoned journalist. She's been on the field. She's seen some shit, but it's still like, you know, Anne Hathaway... She's like 30. She looks like 20. And so they just really relied on the on the makeup department to make <laughs> her look like jaded and old. Yeah. I, I feel like every everything that Anne Hathaway's in, she's always like glowed up for sure. She's always she's a, little, a lot younger a little, than what she really is. They yeah. I, that's just how she looks. She's just gorgeous. And they try <laughs> they try and glow her down in this movie. <laughs> glow her down. <laughs> they try. You just can't. Yeah. Not with Hathaway. She, she get you can. You can't glow her down. And they try. So I think with what she's given. <laughs> and the like weird makeup that makes her look like a crackhead. Uh, she does all right. Her her version of like an older version of her is just she just acts like herself, but she talks like she's just been a chain smoker since she was twelve. If you talk, that's just what her enough, voice sounds like. Be, uh... So <laughs> apparently, so her her performance was all right, and it was by far the best one in the movie. Ben Affleck doesn't give a fuck in this movie. <laughs> Ben Affleck is phoning it in. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck. I don't know. He's not my favorite actor. Yeah, so I, I, I probably wouldn't expect much from him in this one. <laughs> and the, yeah, in this one where he's just given like nothing to do. Ben Affleck plays like a a shady poli- politician. He's like you know he's in the office of some senator who's behind a lot of the gun running 
he's like the he's the problem solver sort of mm. and his whole character motivation is just like some palpatine-esque ambition okay he's playing both and that's sides it. Or like he is trying yeah to cover he's up yeah things that's and... his whole thing is just playing both sides cover-ups um yeah that's exactly yeah. what he does that's like half his scenes is him just lying to the media no that, that's uh that's unfortunate because i i feel like yeah he's been in some political dramas too of like you know argo and and he's good in those some of my favorite ben affleck movies are you know shit like argo and stuff he's he's pretty yeah that's definitely one of his better performances and stuff so you'd feel like this this type of movie is where he'd shine a little more but alas he's probably the worst one in the movie rosie perez is all right she's not given too much to do but when she's on screen you could tell she's trying and she cares (laughs) but that's about it everyone else is pretty pretty forgettable in this movie so the performances are all right the plot is just a a fuck fest oh no it's so extra the whole nicaraguan conflict is complex enough as it is like i said but they add in so much extra stuff oh yeah there's like scenes of there's like three different fucking like rival gun runners that are just like nameless there's some mystery man who's apparently behind They're everything. Like adding more villains to just, history. It's, yeah, it's like fucking Spider-Man three. <laughs> Spider-Man. They're adding 3. villains. There's like, there's like rival gun runners, and even it even establishes Ben Affleck as like the villain early on. Like you can just tell uh, he's gonna be the fucking bad guy. Which is unfortunate. There should be some type of, of mystery, yeah, or like you know, and then you, yeah. you see his scandals with the media, and you see his coverages, and they uncover things about this character that would have been exactly cool. yes a the whole cool anticipation buildup but yeah that sucks yes the whole book and the whole historical context behind it is about like cover-ups and all that so a movie yeah. about it i think so we, so we should even know. listed as we should a mystery know right away <laughs> we should uncover we should as the movie everything. come come you know as the movie goes on we don't so. really know by the beginning and we don't really know by the end what the movie's about they just assume that everyone on netflix knows everything about the <laughs> iran contra affair yeah, <laughs> that they've they paid attention in history class. Yeah, there's like some some fucking like throwaway lines about like mines in the ports that, you know, it's it's like Chekhov's gun. Like, you know, maybe as a history buff, you get that as a as a reference and know that it's a thing that happened. Maybe it's I don't know, it's like some historical Easter egg. But as a movie, they're bringing up mines and trading ports mm. and then they just never touch on it again. And they bring up all these like gun runners, these rival gun runners that are never brought up again. There's this like mystery man, this like Sauron figure called uh, whatever his fucking name is, Bob Weir slash Max Epperson, who's like a gun runner slash politician. I don't even know why he has two names. He just goes by two names. It does nothing for the plot. <laughs> like why the fuck? Which just shit another, like that. another like missed opportunity sp- of like someone's using. Yeah, a lot of the, which I think with the um the source material of the book which had a lot of the themes of misinformation. And I think even if they went on to sort of like more of like a trippy side with the movie, just as we maybe walk, <laughs> just watch this reporter's mind like deteriorate. Yeah. Sort of yeah. as the audience does. And, and maybe there's more of an intentional breakdown of truth and lies and stuff. Just, yeah, which would play more onto the themes of the book, but it just falls flat on its face with everything mm-hmm. they try and do. They like, they just shoved in all the intro stuff in the book. I feel like all the, the seeds of plot devices, and then they only really grew like three of them, Oof. which is an which is an unfortunate turn of events. Yeah. There's just like the main character Hathaway's character makes like the dumbest fucking decisions, which I grew to like her a lot in the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. The first few scenes in the film, 
where we see her, she's she's doing like some some on the ground journalistic report. She's like gotten in with some rebels. They're going through. They're seeing all like the atrocities committed by the the military. Yeah, and, that's a good um, setup. Yeah, you could tell she's seen some shit. And I think the most cinematic parts of the movie were in the first five to ten minutes. I actually liked it a lot. The whole like one of the one of the first shots was like this whole like top down take of them wandering through the jungle and they're like hiding from planes and stuff. And it does a lot of slow pans around this like war scene, which was really good. My favorite shot in the movie was this just like really long tracking shot of just this one um, this one news piece, just like this one article as it floats around the magazine office. And it just goes from hands to hands and you can see it. It's all very cool. It goes like top down. It goes, it zooms in, it moves all around mm. and it tracks with everyone. And you can see all like, you know, the costumes and stuff and the setting. It looks pretty good. I, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was shot good in this bit. Good. And I noticed like a distinct change between this and like halfway through the movie where everything's just a bunch of shoulder over shoulder, like shit. And uh, it just, they just stopped trying. Yeah. Well, at least they got one thing right. They hooked you right at the beginning and then they let you down. They did. They <laughs> I was. I was hooked at the beginning. I was interested. Yeah. I liked the premise. I liked the Hathaway's performance, and she was on screen for most of the first part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I liked the, you know, the engaging cinematography off the start. I thought it was going to be good. I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to find another movie to review. And yeah. then I'm halfway through, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> <laughs> it really, it goes all over the place. The entire premise I described with the whole Contra affair and trying to expose, like, the Reagan administration and, you know, all the, the gun runners and stuff and Contras and Sandinistas and stuff and all that doesn't really go into that. But like halfway through the movie, they introduce like some some Contra guy who's like shady, but then it turns out he's a he's not shady and then he is shady again. And it turns out he's a French spy. And oh, I guess geez. the whole deal with her dad was like to assassinate him in uh, Nicaragua or something. Yeah. But they pull it on Anne Hathaway and but that was after they gave her like false passports to try and get her like busted for cocaine. So if they're shooting up the place they thought her dad would be, why are they still doing that if they already know Hathaway is there? And and they tried to frame her for cocaine. There's so many plot holes. It's just way yeah. too in depth. It's maybe, way maybe, more in depth than yeah. it needs to be. Maybe they went a little too far on the subversion aspect of uncovering the web of lies and then they just they just threw it in as like yeah, the they character just threw a bunch of motivations and just made it so yeah. convoluted and that's another thing that sucks. i think falls flat is uh is the is the director d Rees. um her best works are her on like intimate characterization and the whole motivation for the main character is she like cares for the plight of you know the nicaraguan people and she wants to expose the the shady dealings going on that keep this war going so that she can stop the violence. But <laughs> we don't meet any actual like Nicaraguan characters or sympathize with any of them. She's just, it's just in the first scene, she sees like a few burned bodies and is that's like just her whole motivation for the rest of the movie. Uh, so we don't get like any actual named person we care about in Nicaragua. They're all just like nameless background characters uh, that Anne Hathaway nice. and Ben Affleck and I the feel French like that been a, spy kind of a- dude. A good opportunity for some, like, she sympathizes with the Nicaraguan people, people, and then maybe there's a certain character that she she kind of allies with, and then it turns out he is also, there's something wrong with them, and that would have been kind of a cool, <laughs> like, I don't know. But I guess, yeah. There, let's, there let's is a moment that. like that. Except <laughs> oh, really? It's the dumbest, oh yeah, except it's the dumbest fucking execution you could think of, because her, <laughs> her little interest ally is Ben Affleck, 
who she knows is the bad guy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so she's been stuck in Central America for days because the deal went sideways and she she's like not safe around, you know, any of the forces that her dad was dealing with because, you know, it was a setup from the start. So she eventually ends up at like the embassy and Ben Affleck is there. Although in an earlier scene, she literally saw Ben Affleck with the senator she suspected of doing shady arms deals like in his office. She, he, mm. he, she knows he works for the guy. <laughs> Uh, and yet she just like spills her whole life story to him in the bar and they like hook up and he's like, I'm going to put you in a safe house and you're going to be fine. And she's like, okay. So I think, yeah, it really falls flat there. And then the whole yeah. twist ending at the end of the movie is, of course he fucking kills her. That's like the ending, you know, he shoots her and she falls off a cliff in slow motion. Some pretentious ass narration goes on. Oh, yeah. Really? That's this how movie they... is like. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not the yeah. ending I was expecting. It's not the. I, far i was like how the fuck did we get here (laughs) the movie takes itself way more seriously than it should and i say that even as a you know a a historical fiction political thriller should probably take itself pretty seriously (laughs) and this one takes itself too seriously (laughs) even for that i was like what the fuck yeah or it's like way too melodramatic and stuff it was very melodramatic exactly Yeah. yeah And I don't know if they were like quoting the book because the book, how the book is written is a lot like the narration in the film, only the content and the themes and sort of the way the story is structured in the book support that. And it sort of like supports that narrative style. It's just like a movie that with a really dumbass plot. And then there's some pretentious ass narration going on over it. That's yeah, like that, vaguely that goes speaks in of conflict with how, you know, the style of the movie, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not really a melodrama. It's this kind of realistic, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think if, um, I think if maybe the plot was more cohesive, they could have gotten away with, uh, with the more high art narration and the, <laughs> and I would have maybe seen that the shitty CGI slow motion fall of Anne Hathaway <laughs> off a cliff into the, into the ocean is a, as a bit, a little less comical, Yeah, but alas, but here we are. How, how was the, how yeah, was there's the, a whole, how was the action though? Was it whatever conflict was happening? Was there a pretty good action in it? Um, it's not much of an, of an action movie. I think there's, oh, okay. yeah, I don't know. There are some tense scenes. Uh, there's one where Ben Affleck and the French spy are fighting in a hotel that Anne Hathaway's in. Oh, by the way, there's a whole like fucking the safe house that he sends her to is like this fucking like 20 minute side plot, like <laughs> fucking rundown ass hotel run by the guy who plays the doctor and the Nazi doctor in Captain America. <laughs> Oh, really? He oh, turns himself yeah, into yeah. a computer. It's like the, the smaller dude, yeah, Arnim Zola. Yeah, he's like some he's like some old jaded dude. There's like a whole fucking like 10-minute sequence of her just becoming like a hotel maid and him talking about the, the lit gay bar he used to run down in Juarez <laughs> some shit. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck does this have yeah. to do <laughs> with shady CIA arms deals in Nicaragua? Right, yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah, it, just like all that, Hathaway's character by the after she agrees to do this thing for her dad to do the arms deal, which I don't know why she would, because she's literally trying to expose arms deals that she doesn't believe in. She basically just has like no autonomy <laughs> in where she goes. She just gets like driven around places by people she should not trust. She just ends up with like the bad guys, and they're like, "Oh, sent you up with a safe house." She's like, "Okay." She's talking to this dude. He gets killed. Uh, Affleck tries to steal all her journalistic reports, but the French spy steals it and gets away. And we don't fucking see him again until the end of the movie. And nobody there knew he was a French spy. And then Ben Affleck kills her. To answer your question about the action, it's tense. 
when it wants to be. I think mm-hmm. the hotel shootout was the best one. The other shootouts in it aren't very, I don't know, it had like sort of a Beasts of No Nation vibe, which I think as a political thriller, it should. It wasn't, you know, supposed to be some bombastic action is more of like a horrors of war type action. Yeah. Whereas more okay. of the, the reactions to the violence. Um, but I don't think it did it as good as <laughs> as Beasts of No Nation. For anyone who hasn't yeah. seen Beasts of No Nation, it's also on Netflix. It's about child soldiers in Africa. Idris Elba's in it. It's such a good movie. Oh, okay. I, I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Highly recommend. That's a good That's a good political thriller. Okay. The child actor in it is really good, and so is Idris Elba as, like, the little African Ooh, warlord Idris running Elba. around with his child army. Now you're talking. Nice. Now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all the problems with this movie begin with the shitty plot. Now, there's the very, very poor book-to-film adaptation of the script. It just ends up making all the characters very contradicting to themselves and to each other. I was especially disappointed in Hathaway's character, who I liked a lot at the beginning. And then by the end, she's just so fucking dumb. I didn't even care what happened to her. (laughs) Ben Affleck is like, for like a government spook whose whole job is to cover shit up, he's it was kind of a bad job of it and things just work out for him at the end. <laughs> mm. And I also think it plays against D. Reese's best attributes as a director. Yeah, it really disserviced a bit, yeah. You know, I just I just wonder what the production problems were like throughout. Because I, 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 I feel like yet. she's she, very talented. I, I feel like it's not really entirely her fault. Like, I just wonder what went wrong during the production. I would want to say that as well, but she produced the movie. She co-wrote oh. the screenplay. <laughs> Oh, okay. she directed it all well, herself. Never mind then. <laughs> so I don't know if she was like just trying to do something new or just, I, yeah, I, I, I don't wrong. know what happened. I, I, I thought she'd wrong. just be a knockout choice for director on this great cast for it, but it just fell flat on its face. Yeah. I think that's why the reviews well, were no so excuse, scathing. I guess. Yeah, that sucks. Just a botched adaptation of a, of a good book. It was a movie very, would have been a very timely movie to be released now. Great premise. Yeah. I'd say the only redeeming qualities of this movie would be, I guess, the early cinematography is nice. A little while in, after you realize the movie's fucking stupid, it just feels pretentious. <laughs> but early <laughs> on, I liked it. I especially liked the the newsroom long take. And uh, I don't know, I guess if you're like a Cold War history buff, there's some fun Easter eggs to CIA-funded human atrocities. So that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Little Easter eggs there. And if you're not a Cold War history buff, it got, it got me interested in the uh, in the Iran-Contra affairs. And just, yeah, it got me to go look that up. So I guess that's another thing that happened. There you go. Okay. In case you missed, in case you guys were, were missing high school history class. Yeah. Entice you into opening a history book. Dust yeah. It off the the true story is like way more interesting than this movie <laughs> about just the whole the whole scenario and everything that went down in Nicaragua. Very interesting place. Yeah, a lot to unpack. So overall, I'd say I give this movie like a four out of ten. Ooh, that's just cool. Which is a much better review than than a Rotten Tomatoes review. had for it. They, oh no, <laughs> it's a five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, five like percent. Jeez. Two and a half stars on Google. This movie got shit on. This movie got big time shit on. Yeah. So I'm well, giving it I mean, four out of ten. All, I guess generously. With the director. Yeah, she's very talented, but you know, there's some duds here and there. It happens. Um, still, I guess yeah, it yeah, happened, yeah. yeah. There's still, there's still some confidence in her though. Like you know, this shouldn't discourage her. You know, this was her most star-studded cast as well, and it was her oh, worst movie. Yeah. So hopefully, it doesn't uh, 
hopefully it doesn't deter other actors. Yeah, that's true. Ah, yeah, she had such a big opportunity, big resources. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully maybe she can redeem herself a little, a little bit later, her next project, whatever that may be, if there Another is a Another redeeming next quality, watching, watching Willem Dafoe be a, an early-stage dementia patient, that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> nice. He wasn't, he wasn't nearly as insane as he is in The Lighthouse, but he's always fun to watch Willem Dafoe. <laughs> he really is. From Spider-Man to oh, Spider-Man. The Lighthouse to, yeah, he's a great actor. Very, very good. But that's my, that's my takes on. That's your take on, on the, this, on the Contra Cold War. <laughs> I'd say that's my, that's my take on what I, I think is one of the worst movies of the worst cucked movies. Nice. I think just out of sheer disappointment, out it of, became yeah, the it worst. Just adds on to the, the misery of yeah, this Yeah, it's year. not like some, some, you know, fucking third sequel horror movie that released the Blumhouse release straight to DVD <laughs> mid-July yeah. for some reason that everyone knew was going to be bad. Or like the Playmobil movie. Like, that, of course those are going to be bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are like meme bad. Maybe I should review more meme bad movies. <laughs> meme bads, yeah, per- perhaps. Yeah, a little I think little the only so roasts. bad, it's good. Yeah, so bad it's good ones that I've watched so far. Like, We Summon the Darkness and... Massacre of the Grand Canyon was all right. That one was pretty, it was just funny to watch. Yeah, maybe we yeah, gotta lighten up the bad a bit, I think. <laughs> lighten up the bad, and then just yeah. objective dog shit. <laughs> well, I suppose sorry, if you're interested you in the like Cold sink, War. Sorry you have to sink so low, you know, for, it's, for 2020. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I don't know why we decided to do this. I don't know why my ass was like, oh, God, hey, Taryn, you know what would help with, uh, with pandemic <laughs> quarantine depression and early on sh- fucking onset seasonal <laughs> depression just watching the worst fucking movies you can find yes just watching terrible movies it's okay i have i have therapists on on speed dial just in case this goes south so don't you worry buddy fuck this i'm gonna go watch the lighthouse that's all i'm talking about every week <laughs> from now on it's just the lighthouse <laughs> just some new it's interpretation the of the lighthouse yeah every 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 episode is just some, <laughs> just a new review, new findings of the the movie, the Lighthouse. Amazing. Every every episode for the next five episodes is just going to be a different masturbation scene featured in the Lighthouse. <laughs> An in depth analysis of uh, the themes behind that. Just behind that. Perfect. Great. Yeah, well, twenty twenty. Uh, anyway, if you guys want to listen to me talk to talk about Lighthouse masturbation stuff, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments. In the comments. Absolutely. Yeah, comment below. What, what did you think about the uh, Uncut Gems movie? If you've seen it, um, what did you think about uh, what's what's your movie called? I forget what it's called. The last thing he wanted. The last thing he wanted. I, I yes. want to forget it too. If you guys haven't forgotten about that movie and you want to talk about it, comment below. Let's start a discussion. You, y'all are y'all are pretty quiet out there. Come come yeah, talk to us. Yeah, history get in here and let me know. Let me know how well this movie did. I didn't know too much about this. Uh, about Central America during the Cold War. I'm interested yeah. in the topic now, so let me know what uh, what yeah, this movie did right know. and wrong. Yeah, let the boys let the know, boys know about know. history. Us theater majors, let us know about What's history. What's your favorite CIA-funded human atrocity? Yeah, comment below. Let us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> and our information, disinformation, let us know. Talk to us, yep. people. And Talk remember, to us. folks. The only real news you can get is the boys. Yes, we're real. This is the only, we are we are not fraudulent. Are not, we are not fake news. We, and we, we are love not. Disney. Disney. <laughs> we love. It's so good. Yes, they're yes, so we, good. They never hurt anyone. Disney. They would never. We love. They would. They Disney. would never brainwash us or 
They would never you brainwash know, us. Go watch rehabilitate Mulan. us. <laughs> go watch Mulan. They green screened out the concentration camps. You could go watch Mulan now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mulan's great. Uh, go, go spend Mulan's thirty dollars on it. It's it's a good deal. It's a good Disney deal. You'll never get a better Disney deal than Mulan. Go buy Disney it. deals. Thank you. Do Goodbye. You think, do 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 you think they're still still watching us, Terry? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck right. up. Sorry. Yes. <clears throat> all right. That's that's all, folks. We'll see you next episode. All right. All right see you next time. Bye bye. Another scandalous development today in the film community. Coming after the Bad's accusations of amphibian genocide at the hands of Baby Yoda, it has been revealed that the Bad, Terran Coffee, has secretly been consuming good media content in his free time. This comes only weeks after his commitment to only watching shitty movies for the rest of his life. In a 51-50 majority vote, the board of directors at the Good, the Bad, and the Boys studios has sentenced Mr. Coffee to summary execution. Whether or not this has anything to do with Disney's recent purchase of 51% of the company's shares is up for debate. Either way, we can expect to see the Bad's execution via multiple rewatches of Artemis Fowl sometime within the next week. This has been 2020 Film News. Thank you and good night.